Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. This week I've been praying a lot about the Peter Principle. I don't know if, how many are familiar with the Peter Principle. All right, two of us, okay. <laughs> well, what it is is a management theory, really. Um, and what, what it states is that a, a person that's selected for a new role is usually selected based on his, his performance in a, in a past role. But the problem is they're not really looking for the qualities for the current role. They're just looking at the fact you did well in your last role. So what happens is an employee will often stop being promoted only once they can no longer perform effectively. Hence, you might have heard this statement, a manager or a leader will only rise to his level of incompetence. And if you're really into management and all that, it's really the, 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 the pain promotion principle. But, but the short of it is, if a person is good, say in the parking lot, and they're great, or maybe they're a great usher, so then you move them to maybe care leader, then they're really, really a solid, faithful care leader and, and they're gifted for that as well. And then you move them to deacon. They might be doing okay there. But then that next promotion could be the very promotion that ruins them. Because they were anointed for parking. They were anointed for care leading. They were anointed for deaconship. But they didn't have the grace for eldership. And what happens is because we keep promoting people, you can have a lot of frustrated people that would, if you would have left them at the last level, they would continue to be happy and successful. I want to show you a graph. This is a graph of the Peter Principle. Again, you, you can start in the parking lot and you go up and, and when you go up, it's not really going up in terms of um, uh, prestige as much as you're going up in, in service and responsibility. But what happens is you can get a deacon and then the deacon looks at the past and says, well, I think I could do that. And then he tries to step into a role he's not anointed for. And a lot of these churches that are struggling are really deacons. Oh, they're really an elder. They really need to be serving somewhere else. But the issue is they were promoted to the level of their incompetence. Often they, they moved into a level of their incompetence. And in reality, they didn't really have the gifting for what they wanted. The, the main reason for burnout in ministry is often someone has chosen to operate beyond their anointing rather than functioning within it. The anointing, and we're going to look at that in a moment, it can be defined as the power of the Holy Spirit that helps you do what you cannot do. But it helps you do it with, with ease and without fatigue. So we burn out either because we didn't accept our limits or we didn't go far enough to tap into the ability that God had placed in us. You still with this is what I've been thinking about all week. In 1949, the average oil deposit was 3,635 feet below the surface. So if you drilled, all you had to do is go down 3,635 feet. But in 2008, the average oil deposit was 5,964 feet. In different seasons, you have to dig to different depths. And this is what, what I've been processing. I've been saying, Lord, am I a victim of the Peter principle? Have I been promoted beyond my capacity to continue to perform? And I heard silence. Day one, day two, silence. 
Day three, to be honest, it's been more than a week. It's been a couple weeks. But it was just this afternoon between service, he dropped this in my heart. Sometimes we are without fuel, not because the oil is not there, but because we only dug as deep as the last season. Does anybody hear what I'm saying today? It's the way the Lord talks to me. The Lord saying, no, no, son, you haven't gone beyond your, your, your level of competence, but you may have gone further than your willingness to dig. And Derek, that choice is up to you. I'm preaching to myself right now. About a month ago, I knew this would be an anointing service. I didn't know why, but now I understand. What we're going to believe for after we look for these scriptures is, Lord, help me to tap into. See, here's the deal. God's telling me, Derek, if you want to, here's a choice. You could tap out or you could tap in. They y'all watch those wrestling and those, you know, they tap out. I said, Lord, I'm on the mat. My back is pressed. They twisted me, hurt me. Lord, I want to Derek tap in. So right now, as a leadership team, as a congregation, I'm not preaching this just or saying this just because this is my life. I think this is important because all of us are in the same boat. We're all going through this thing right now. He's saying in this season, you have a choice. You could tap out or you could tap in. You could live the rest of your life with what could have been. Thinking about if I would have just dug a little bit deeper, dear God, what might have done in my life? You can choose to live the rest of your life that way or you could take a shovel, get to the, there you go, get to dig it. I got to preach in the room. You know, there are different depths of wells. Some wells 20 foot deep. If you're not that thirsty, you know, you might not dig that deep. But if you're thirsty enough, if, if you don't meet water at 20, you're going to keep going to 30. If you don't hit water at 30, you're going to keep going to 40. If you don't hit it at 40, you're going to go to 50. You're going to dig until you hit the water you know is there. And God is saying there is a stream that makes glad the city of God. There is water. Son, if you keep digging, if, if you just keep moving the dirt out the way, son, you will get to it. But you have a choice. You can choose to tap in or you can tap out. Now, the anointing is what makes difficult things easy. When the anointing is on you, there's just an ease of life. There's just an ease and a flow of, of moving and operating. And right now, the Lord's saying, boy, you're in a difficult season, aren't you? You see, I, I can choose to, to back up from the season and use my season as an excuse. Does anybody hear what I'm saying? Or I could persevere. Or I could go deeper. And in this hour, this is the choice. He's saying, Derek, I set before you life and death. You keep on going or you can stop here. But son, ultimately, it's up to you. One more time. In 1949, the average oil deposit was 3,635 feet. There was a season in your life you just sing a song, you sense the presence of God. The season of life, you just go to prayer, turn over a plate, just one day you're hearing God from heaven. But then the next year is a little bit different. You got to sing six songs, pray and fast, read your Bible, turn on the radio, turn off your friends. And even then, it's like, where are you, Lord? 
Different seasons, different depths. Did anybody hear what I said? And in this season, we're going to have to tap in a little bit deeper than before. Luke 4 and 16, we're going to get in the book, and then we're going to get to allowing the Holy Spirit to do some things. So he came to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. He was handed a book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Here's the deal. Jesus could do anything as God. In beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. So as God, Jesus could do what? Anything. But as soon as he became a human being, he put on limitations. He got thirsty. He got hungry. He perspired. He bled. If he could still just do anything just because we wouldn't just, we wouldn't call him human. Do you understand? We're not going to dig into the theology of that. But there were limitations that came with humanity. And as a human being, you can only do the work of God with the help of the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus, though he was God, had to be anointed with the Holy Spirit. Because he was not only God, he was 100% God, but he was also 100% man. And because he operated as a man, he needed the power of the Holy Spirit, just like you and I need, in order to do the works of God. And what's amazing about Jesus, though, at times he was tired, seemed to always be at rest, seemed to always have it together. Gethsemane was the only moment where he seemed to really be under strain and, and, and real pressure. You know, he got tired and all those other things. And, and they, he, he, you know, the Bible said they were so tired, he slept through a storm in a boat. That's serious, serious weariness. But you don't see him, again, coming unglued until Gethsemane. And that was probably because God's hand was backing off him just a little bit. But, but that's besides the point. Let's keep moving. Verse 18. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is his first message he's about to preach in all of his ministry. And first things are very, very important. And what we see here is that everything Jesus did, he did through reliance on the Holy Spirit. Now, if he just did it as a son of God, why would he need the anointing of the Spirit? No, he did it as the son of God, but also the son of man. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he, God, has anointed me. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is the help to do what we cannot otherwise do. And then he listed his areas of anointing. And there are actually six altogether here. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. Remember, you can access this teaching and more for free at gracechurchva.org. We are excited to welcome Bishop Michael Pitts on Friday, October 8th at 11 a.m. for a free RLN online session to lead a discussion on knowing your season. Bishop Michael Pitts is an international apostle and the founder and senior pastor of Cornerstone Church and Cornerstone Global Network, which includes churches located across the United States, South Africa, Argentina, Colombia, and Mexico. Along with Bishop Pitts' apostolistic and pastoral calling, he is an accomplished author of over a dozen books, including Fault Lines, Boundary Shifters, and Don't Curse Your Crisis. At RLN, we provide access to top leaders and experts, in-demand information, and keys to obtain measurable results. So, whether you lead in church, business, or otherwise, don't miss this free online session. Register today at rlnleadership.com 
That's rlnleadership.com. And we'll see you Friday, October 8th at 11 a.m. with Bishop Michael Pitts. Let's get back to today's message. He said, here's my anointing. And he's speaking to the church. He said, Isaiah prophesied about me. I'm, I'm here to fulfill. This is what God gave me, grace and, and power and his spirits upon me to accomplish. Number one, to preach the gospel to the poor. How many know God wants to bring us out of poverty? Number two, he has sent me. You need to know what you're sent for, by the way. To heal the brokenhearted. He, he sent Jesus with an anointing to heal the broken emotionally and spiritually and otherwise. Number three, to proclaim liberty to the captives. There was an anointing on Jesus to break our captivity and bondage to sin. Number four, he came and he was anointed to preach recovery of sight to the blind. In other words, to cause us to see what we could not otherwise see. Am I counting right? I think I'm on, what number is that? Four? I think this is five. To set at liberty those who are what? Oppressed. To set us free from demons and demonic oppression. The anointing of Jesus will set you free. And lastly, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This was the year of, of Jubilee. And what this is saying is Jesus came to, to release, a, to offer universal release of persons and, and property, total forgiveness, total restoration. And we're not here today to talk about all these things. But what I want to say to you is that the Holy Spirit was upon him and he had an anointing for certain tasks. And he was able to do those things as a human because the anointing of God was upon him. Then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant. He sat down in the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. So everybody was like, how dare you say that you are fulfillment of this, this, this prophecy? But, but here's what I want you to see. Jesus again was anointed to do these six things. Anything more would have been Jesus living beyond his calling and assignment. Likewise, anything less would have been him going beyond or underneath his calling and assignment. Jesus never sinned. He never got out of the will of God for more or for less. But for him to do the things he did, the Bible said he got up one time in the book of Mark. It says he got up early, but when you look at the language, he, he really got up about four o'clock in the morning. So he was up before everybody else was up. He was up four o'clock in the morning to be ready for what would happen at eight o'clock in the morning. So what he had to do was drill down deep in order to tap in to release the oil that was required for the day. And if Jesus had to spend four hours in prayer to have God release himself the way the Father wanted to release himself, it might take us going a little bit further, digging a little bit deeper. It might take just a little bit. And the flesh don't like this. But, but you, you notice that truth is confrontational? Last couple of Sundays, I've been watching the Lord's attitude. He's like getting all and snapping his neck and everything. I'm like, Lord, what's up with you? But he's trying to provoke us. And he's saying, it's going to take a little more than what you're doing to get to where you're going. And he means no harm. But the Bible said to Paul, he said, why do you, uh, God, Jesus said, Paul, why do you kick against the goat or kick against the prick? The prick was designed, you poked a, an ox to get him moving. But what uh, uh, Paul was doing, poke him, and, and he rebelled, and he kicked. And when you kicked, that prod went into your thigh. And you can be an, a, a very wounded ox if you kick against the prick. So when God 
pricks your conscience, don't kick against it. When God pricks you with his word, don't kick against it. When God starts confronting you with, with a pointy truth, don't kick against it because he's trying to get you to move in the right direction. He means no harm by what he's doing. Acts 10 and 34, four verses and we're through. Then Peter opened his mouth. I just want to read the background before we get to 38. And he said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, whoever fears him and, and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace to Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed through all Judea and began in Galilee after the baptism, which John preached. Verse 38. And this was what they preached. How God anointed who? Jesus. Jesus did what he did because the Father anointed him. The only way we're going to be able to do what God wants us to do is if God, we let God anoint us. We're stepping into a season that intellect, human capacities will not be sufficient. If we don't have the anointing, we will not get the job done. You know, we're, we're in a season where, 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 where darkness and gross darkness has covered the people. And there has to be a strength in anointing in the anointing to get the job done. It's not good enough to have a sinner come in with a demon on him, enjoy the gospel music, and go out with the same devil. If we don't step into the power of the Holy Spirit, we become part of the problem. And what God is saying to me, there, there's an anointing, son. It's there for you. But just as in years prior, you had to dig deep. In years prior, you had to get desperate. In years prior, you had to want it above everything else. In this season, it's going to be the same way. And the question I have to you, Derek Greer, the question I, he has to each of us is, do you want it enough? You want to settle for some of the good things he's got you and the good places he brought you? Or do you want it all? I want it all. I want everything. I don't want one soul connected with my life to miss it because I wasn't on point. I don't want to go to heaven weeping over people I look over and see in hell and say, if I would have just showed up that Sunday, if I would have just said a little bit more. He said how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. Now, this is important. The essence of the anointing is the Holy Spirit who is a person. But that person also releases power to get things done. We are not to congratulate ourselves because we made it this far. This, this I feel it's like all over me. Derek, you know, a couple of years, we, we were the seventh fastest growing church in the, so. We get to glory, he's not gonna be talking about, well, where were you on the list? He's going to say, boy, did you do what I told you to do? When I asked you to dig in, did you dig in? When I asked you to drill deeper, did you drill deeper? Or did you get complacent? Or that Mercedes that church brought you to, where you're so busy enjoying the car. You forgot about the souls. We're so busy enjoying the beautiful room and the enlarged facility that we miss what God ultimately wants for us. Some of the problem of, of folks in this room, we settle too soon. We settle too early. And we miss what could be. So I feel provoked on the inside. 
God's saying, boy, don't miss what could be with your life. And tell your church the same, don't miss what can be. If you dig a little bit deeper, push a little bit harder, there's more for you, there's more for you, there's more for you. They might congratulate you, but they don't know. They don't know what the capacity and potential I placed on the inside of you. So he's saying, church, reach for it. Don't settle for where we are. We have so much more land to cover. We have so much further to go. Let's go for it. Let's get it done, church. Let's move. Let's move. Here's a song, when you move, I move. I don't even think I got the lyrics right. But it comes to mind. When he moves, I want to move. You need to turn that into a gospel song, even. <laughs> and anointed Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy Spirit, and with power. Yes. The power's there, you just got to tap into it. There's a generation that needs your power. Need you to be able to tap in, not just talk about it, but tap into it. Show them the benefits of it. God wants, you know, just like them oil things, they start sprouting out of God. God wants power just spraying out of you. All over the workplace, all over your home, when you go talk to the teacher at school, when you get on the, 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 the slug line and you're on the, 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 the train line and God wants that power just springing up, but you got to tap in. And this tapping in is what this evening is about. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy Spirit, and power. And after he tapped in, he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Jesus did what he did because of the anointing on his life that he yielded to. In 1949, the average oil deposit was 3,635 feet. In 2014, maybe the average oil deposit in your life was 3,635 feet underground. But now that the calendar year has turned, in 2015, the average oil deposit will be 5,964 feet deeper this time. And God is saying, if we don't tap in, we're going to have to tap out. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.